Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. We have another great show, a bonus episode for you this week. I'm again recording this one on November 25th, Monday of Thanksgiving week. And so we're bringing quite a few extra shows this week. Uh, hopefully that'll give you something else to be thankful for. And on this particular episode, we're going to be talking with a DU biologist or um, a DU employee out west. We've been getting some some comments from folks about wanting to hear about habitat conditions, bird uh, bird migration out west. And so we we don't have any surveys necessarily to discuss, but we do uh, we are going to bring in uh, some one of our one of our folks out west and. Let them share a little bit about what they've seen and what they've experienced. And so we're going to welcome in Bob Sanders, Manager of Conservation Programs for Montana. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I think we'll start off just to introduce the folks to you. Uh, so tell people where you are and what you do for Ducks Unlimited. Well, Manager of Conservation Programs in Montana, what I do is uh, – oversee the Montana program, the conservation side. So I think most DU listeners and a lot of people have attended Ducks Unlimited banquets. Um, I do not do that side (laughs) much. It's mostly getting those dollars on the ground, and that breaks down really into two categories. One is what I refer to as the dirt-turning projects, Uh, so restoring wetlands, ranch infrastructure, that sort of thing, things that keep grass and wetlands on the landscape for breeding ducks. And then secondly is the protection side, and I think most people are familiar with conservation easements. So we do a lot of conservation easements, and in Montana, it's about grass and water. So our closest relationship up in the north-central part of the state is with ranchers. So we're working with ranchers to try to keep them in business. If you got cattle, you need grass and water. If you want breeding ducks, you need grass and water, so it's a great partnership. Yeah. So you're, most of the work that you do is to, to benefit waterfowl during that breeding season. And you've, I've seen some, uh, some articles and some features on the type of work that y'all are doing out there, and it's, it's really fascinating. The interaction with the ranchers is really appealing. And we're going to have you back on at, at some time in the future to dig into the, into the details of that. That's a really neat story that a lot of folks, uh, I think, will enjoy hearing. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to use this podcast for that purpose also to uh to to allow people to see some of the work that we do and and get to know some of the great people that that do that work and you certainly fall in that into that category so thanks for all that work out there yeah no problem that's uh been going good i've been up here in montana now for 14 years about 23 years with ducks unlimited so yeah very very rewarding work and uh, i think as a lot of people know we're the montana's the number three duck producing state uh, in the lower 48 uh, behind North and South Dakota. So a very important place for uh, ducks, regardless of whether you're in Montana or you're somewhere down the flyway. Uh, we produce a lot of birds up here. That's right. And I also know, in addition to the work that you do for Ducks Unlimited, you are an avid outdoorsman. You spend a great deal of time uh, enjoying the fruits of our labor, so to speak. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the phone. I, I, I guessed correctly that you've had some time to get out in the field. And, and Montana is one of those interesting states that I, 
I've, I don't have a lot of experience, firsthand experience with that, with the migration this time of year. But my sense has been that it's, it's one of those areas that can get really cold really quick and really early. But it can also be one of those states that benefits from some of these southerly warm fronts, these warm flows that come up out of the Gulf and, uh, will, uh, and will kind of teeter back and forth between freezing and warming conditions. Is that, is that a, an accurate description or am I kind of misreading uh, weather patterns? That is very accurate. You know, the old saying is if you don't like the weather in Montana, wait 10 minutes. So you can, uh, can really see some changes. In fact, I'm looking out the window right now at a full-blown blizzard. So it's, it's uh, kind of, uh, I wish I was a little bit closer to my, my duck hunting holes because You'll get those ducks pouring in. Obviously, early in the season, with a lot of wetlands out on the landscape in places like the prairie potholes of north-central Montana, you'll get a lot of birds. They're, they're typically spread out, but you get a lot of those locally produced birds. So we see a lot of the dabblers, you know, a lot of the dabblers and the divers, anything from teal, widgeon, and pintail, obviously mallards, and then a good number of Canada geese as well. So you see quite a mix, and then that mix starts to uh, get less uh, diversified uh, as the season goes on and those uh, less cold-tolerant species move south. Give me an idea of weather conditions, habitat conditions, I guess you'd say prevailing conditions there now. Do you have ice on wetlands, or have you warmed up enough here lately? I haven't, I haven't kept an eye on that part, of the, that part of country, to be honest. Yes, anything that is a shallow wetland is frozen over right now. So almost all of our duck hunting is transitioning to the bigger river systems. Those are the key systems. And uh, I think everybody's heard of the Missouri River, the Yellowstone River. Uh, some of the smaller systems that are very popular uh, include the Big Bighorn River, uh, more in the southeastern part of the state. But those birds are moving out places like Great Falls, Montana. You've got the Missouri River going through there. A uh, lot of birds feeding. That's what we call the Golden Triangle as far as grain production in Montana is concerned. So. Obviously, species like mallards and Canada geese are more uh, cold-tolerant, and then they're also uh, more uh, adept and uh, able to feed in ag fields. So we get a lot of wheat in Montana, Uh, so you're looking at them basically sitting on the river uh, during the evenings, uh, through the night, and then going out and feeding in the fields during the day. Yep, they establish that that field feeding pattern as that temperature gets gets colder and everything else freezes up. And so, I guess the blizzard that you're looking at is gonna gonna threaten the, the food source for some of those uh, some of those fields. Are y'all expecting enough snow that you're getting a little bit worried about that? No, I, I, most of the time it, it'll melt off. You'll get uh, some Chinook winds, and it kind of opens things up a little bit. And the birds are pretty good at capitalizing on what's in the field. Uh, where I live is a little bit higher elevation in the mountains, so you're looking at, uh, you know, snow depths that exceed, you know, a couple of feet. So obviously uh, birds aren't going to be feeding up that high. Most wetlands are going to be frozen over, so they're out of here. They're in that, some of that lower country. Um, so you're going to be looking at a lot more uh, field feeding. Um, you're going to be looking at folks that will run boats on the river. The river, even in the coldest of weather, um, you'll see the river, the big river systems open. So folks will be able to run, uh, typically they run jet boats. A lot of these rivers are 
natural rivers, uh, naturally flowing, so they'll be shallower. The Missouri is typically a little deeper, but when you get into the Yellowstone, uh, you'll, you'll be looking at a lot more uh, kind of unpredictable bottoms and that sort of thing. So they'll run jet boats or just hike into the river and hunt. If you've got a good dog, uh, you'll be able to get, uh, get the retrieves without a boat. Be the first to know when ducks are on the move. Sign up for DU's waterfowl migration email alerts and receive ongoing in-depth updates on the latest habitat conditions, weather changes, and hunting reports for your flyway. Visit ducks.org slash migration alerts. Well, you've, you've been able to do a bit of uh, hunting yourself uh, this year so far. Uh, Describe, describe if you will, you've been in Montana for quite a while, so you've developed a pretty decent picture of what a, quote, normal migration would be if there is such a thing. But how did this year compare uh, timing and intensity and number-wise with what you typically see in Montana? It's been pretty good, uh, pretty good. You know, the, the ideal situation, so obviously uh, looking at the ge- geography of Montana, you've got – Alberta and Saskatchewan directly north of us. Not a bad place uh, to be. And that's, yeah, very, very good. <laughs> that is, you know, Canada's breadbasket up there as far as duck, duck production. So if we get some extreme weather in the Canadian prairies and those birds push down without overflying, you know, having that same extreme weather in Montana, we'll have ideal conditions. Uh, if we get a big blast, they may be sitting down somewhere in uh, Nebraska or even the Gulf Coast of Texas. And so uh, our, our season can be relatively short. Really the saving grace then is how many of those uh, bigger birds, the, the mallards and the Canada geese, are going to just tough it out on the, on the bigger water, on the river systems. And if that's the case, then we transition almost exclusively to to hunting those birds. And so this year, uh, you said this year's been pretty good. You've lost most of the the less cold hardy species. You're you're going to be left with mallards and Canada geese. How long does the, uh, or at least pretty much, that's what you're left with. How much uh, how much longer in the hunting season do you have there in Montana? Uh, we'll go into early January for both Canada uh, Canada geese as well as waterfowl. So. So it's a pretty, uh, pretty generous system. Uh, most of the time, it's all but the hardiest of folks. You know, in Montana, you've got a lot of opportunities for big game. And our big game season goes through the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. The rifle season does. So a lot of folks that, that uh, big game hunt and waterfall hunt, you know, they're kind of putting waterfall on hold typically right now and then picking that up on some of the bigger river systems, you know, come December and January. Okay. And just through the grapevine, have you heard reports from other people? Has, uh, has success and experience been fairly decent this year? Yeah, it's been, uh, been I would say, above average. Uh, it's, it's been, uh, you know, we didn't get any of the real big cold blasts that moved the birds out rapidly. Um, we did get some cold weather, but it wasn't long enough. Uh, that, that happened back in October, and we were a little bit nervous that we'd lose a lot of our birds. But, you know, teal and, and, and widgeon and some of the gadwall moved out, but, uh, you know, other species stuck around. So uh, it's, been, it's been pretty good. Um, we've also got uh, opportunities here on some of the bigger reservoirs and some of the bigger national wildlife refuges. You know, we've got Benton Lake National Wildlife Refuge up by Great Falls, 
We've got Bedoin National Wildlife Refuge over by Malta, and we've got Medicine Lake Refuge that's on the far eastern side of the state. Uh, so those are usually epicenters. Those are your big semi-permanent or permanent bodies of water uh, that the birds are going to stage up and, and kind of base their operations out of uh, during the fall. And those, those have held good. I would say, um, you know, that we're, we're getting pretty much frozen up now, but um, we've had some blasts of mild weather. And the birds are pretty good, too. You know, you'll get seeps below reservoirs, things like that, and those birds will pile in there. There are some neat areas uh, over by Fort Peck, which is near Glasgow, Montana. That's the bottom end of a big reservoir, uh, Fort Peck Reservoir on the Missouri River. So that's a bottom discharge reservoir, and a lot of birds will stage up in that spillway down below the reservoir. So they'll feed. They'll be there year-round, basically. Uh, You'll see good uh, numbers of Canada geese and mallards all the way through until next spring. I mean, they're saving themselves a trip to the south and, you know, running the gauntlet of hunters and other things they might encounter on, on migration. Yeah. Bob, with respect to the, this, once they get on the, on the, the rivers, the big waters, are people typically hunting the river itself or are they hunting the feeding fields or it is, or is it a little bit of both? It's a mix. It's definitely a mix. And, and you've got folks that really like the river uh, the river can get dangerous, especially for folks that hunt off of the shores. You'll get uh, big ice shelves that will build up. And whether you're trying to wade in and get your bird or you're sending your dog, it can be pretty dangerous. So it's usually all but the hardiest of folks. And like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people run jet boats. So uh, they'll work in teams where you've got a couple of hunters in a blind and then you've got somebody hanging out downstream, similar to what you see hunting sea ducks on the coasts, where uh, you'll have somebody that's collecting up the birds as they, they hit the water. Because it can be tough. I mean, you can imagine right now we're looking at, uh, we're about 15 degrees, so uh, we're below freezing here uh, at my house. And, um, you know, if you're sending your dog out into uh, even an open water river system, you know, you got to be careful about hypothermia in your dog and, and obviously yourself, too, if you happen to take a dip. Yeah, that's one thing about, about duck hunting. It gives you a lot of challenges. It gives you a lot of rewards uh, when conditions are, are good, but there's a lot of things you have to be aware of. We hear about those stories every year, whether it relates to personal safety or the safety of your dog. So you got to be mindful. Um, you don't want experience to be the educator in a lot of these in a lot of these situations. So, uh, Bob, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we wanted to just check in with some folks out west, and uh, you're about as far west as we've gotten so far. But we appreciate the appreciate your time and appreciate your insights on on how things are going there in Montana. I'm glad to hear that that you've been able to get out, and sounds like you're probably going to be getting out a few more times. And uh, yeah, wish wish you the best of luck the rest the rest of this season, and hope y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, we're gonna get out. We have a get together with a bunch of the DU volunteers every January, so we'll be down along the uh, Bighorn River, just south of its confluence with the the Yellowstone, and hopefully we'll be taking a few Canada geese with us home uh, home with us back when we hit that, uh, do that hunt here in a few weeks. The Bighorn River and the Yellowstone River. Boy, that's that's uh, a nice combination. Sounds like a lovely place to be. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's General Custer, crazy horse and sitting bull country down there. So, 
Yeah, it's pretty neat. Lots of history. Well, enjoy the week, Bob. Enjoy the rest of the season. We'll make sure we have you back on the on the podcast to, for to discuss some of the important habitat work you all are doing out there. So thanks for joining the show, Bob. Hey, thank you, Mike. Thanks to our special guest on this episode, Bob Sanders, uh, Ducks Unlimited's manager of conservation programs out in Montana. And we thank our producer, Clay Baird, for getting the podcast out to you, the listeners. And thank you, our listeners, for your support, your passion, your time, and sharing this, this podcast with us. And we thank you for your support of wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Ducks.